Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and today I'll start by passing you over to witch journalist Ian Aikman for his investigation into a rare coin collection. He'll be talking you through some very interesting coins, what they might be worth, and the difficulties that arise when it comes to selling. And it's all packaged up into what is a fascinating and heartwarming account of how the collection fell into his hands, as well as the life and legacy of their original owner. I'll then be joined by Ian to delve a little deeper into the best ways to buy and sell coins, including how to know if it's the real deal or a fake. And we'll round off the show with the most valuable coins of 2021 to keep an eye out for. We are which. This is a story about a man named Ray. I've been working on it for almost two years, but it starts way further back than that. Ray was born in 1937, and he grew up around London in the southeast. As a young man, he joined the army as a volunteer, and after that he spent time in the Merchant Navy, and then working for a recycling company. Sort of years and years ago, before it was sort of any trendiness of uh, recycling. Um, and then stayed in that job sort of until right to the end, until he retired. That was Simon, Ray's nephew. Ray, Ray, Ray's my uncle, who's married to my, um, my aunt, um, Anne. Um, married for sort of 50 years. Um, you know, when you should speak to him when he was alive, he was um, always talking about his travels and what, you know, what he had done when he was younger. Ray and his wife Anne always wanted children, but they couldn't conceive. So instead they became foster parents. Simon reckons they looked after around 40 children over the years, formally adopting some of them. But yeah, they sort of, you know, opened their doors to, to, to anyone. You know, they, they were the ones to call, you know, last minute. I mean, they, they always used to tell us that story where, you know, Christmas Eve, he got a knock on the door and they had sort of a couple of children which they needed, you know, needed places for. So, you know, his first reaction was, well, let's go out and get some more Christmas presents. And that's exactly what he done. So he, he went out shopping while Ray, uh, by and his wife um, settled them in. And then on Christmas morning, obviously, then new, new children to the house, you know, were able to enjoy Christmas as well. You know, along with the other, uh, I think they already had uh, fostering one or two children on that same day. Um, so they all joined in together. Ray and Anne retired and moved to the seaside. Anne sadly passed away. Ray spent time getting to know his neighbours, becoming closer with his family. He liked painting, and he was good at it. I've seen some of his work. Um, he loved his painting, 
So, you know, in, in, certainly in my house, we've got a painting of a house, our, our current house he painted for us. And my mum, she's got some paintings on the wall. But yeah, again, you know, it, it was sort of very much, anyone who came in his house, he used to have them up on his own wall. You know, and if someone walked in, he would say to them, you know, or just help yourself. So you know, they used to take the pictures as and when. So yeah, he loved, loved painting. Ray had a big heart. He spent a lot of his time, especially in later life, raising money for charity. He was a big supporter of the British Heart Foundation, and for his 80th birthday, he did a skydive to raise money for the children's charity Click Sergeant. Which, you know, he did raise a few thousand pounds for that at the time. Um, and so that was on his, you know, when he was 80, that's what he decided he wanted to do. Myself and sort of other, other members of the family went up to, to actually sort of see him, make sure he'd done it, to make sure he got in the plane. Um, but yeah, he came down and he was absolutely sort of full of it. And that was sort of, unfortunately, it was after my, my aunt did die or his wife died. Um, but, you know, he'd he done these things just to, you know, he, he wanted to give a bit back. I was actually there too, because Ray is my partner's great uncle, which means if you're keeping track, Simon's my partner's dad. This will all become relevant soon. In the background of all this, Ray had a secret hobby. He was a coin collector. It's something that even some of those closest to him didn't know until after he died. When we actually found them, um, you know, they were in little envelopes and little, you know, little envelopes with with the prices still written on them. So I'm guessing he just used to go around to local shops because you live up in Lowestoft. Um, go around to local shops, whether it was some charity shops or or coin collection shops, but. You know, I don't, didn't really know, you know a great deal about his, his coin collection, to be fair. This actually isn't uncommon. I spoke to coin expert David Guest about it. Okay, uh, my name is David Guest, and I am a numismatist, which is a fancy word for saying I specialise in old coins. David told me that one relative of a secret coin collector sold a collection for £26 million. That's a collection that no one knew anything about. Just over the years, they'd built it up in secret. Obviously, they'd made some great purchases, and it netted their inheritors a huge and unexpected windfall. In 2019, Ray sadly died. Simon was tasked with sorting through his things. I mean, the, the, the horrible part was obviously having to go through his belongings because it was obviously after he passed away. But what happened was we sort of found found sort of quite you know quite a few of these coins. Um, you know, not being, you know, into coins. I didn't know whether they had any, you know, what the value was of anything. But sort of my first reaction was, well, let's, you know, let's get looked into and, you know, if, it, if we can then pass that on, you know, do- donate to a charity, you know, that's what he would have wanted as well. I've been writing about coins for a while and Simon knew this. So when he found Ray's collection, he knew exactly what to do. Yeah, I thought it would be, you know, a good little exercise to, you know, it, you know, if we could contact some people that, have, you know, know obviously a little bit more about coins, um, you know, and whatever it raises, you know, great. You know, let's, let's sort of help someone else. So there was my mission. Tell Ray's story. A story not dissimilar to many secret coin collectors of the world. Sell the coins and donate the money to Ray's favourite charities. It's what Ray would have wanted. My first step was to look through the coins themselves to see what I was working with. I have a reasonable amount of coin knowledge, 
so I figured I'd have some idea of whether they were worth a lot. To give you an idea of the kind of coins we're dealing with, I recorded myself and my witch colleagues Charlotte Gifford and Rob Lilly sorting through them. I took the collection down to the witch studio in one of those big supermarket bags for life. Okay, should we just get straight into the bag? Let's get into the bag. Okay. I am very excited about this. Okay. How are you feeling about this? Um, I'm feeling the suspense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, I really am. Already, the bag is much bigger than I was expecting it to be. There were all sorts of coins in there. Some were just loose in the bag, while others had their own special packaging. Intriguing. This is a very nice leather-bound case with the royal mint on top. Ooh, we have quite a few coins here. Some of the coins seem like they might be worth something. They're quite heavy. Yeah. This is a five pound coin that I've picked up. Well, others were maybe just for fun. And I've got Captain Kidd here, a design of Captain Kidd with a pirate flag, you know, a skull and crossbone yeah, behind I've, him. I've got uh, Sir Henry Morgan, our favourite Morgan. Is it, is it, what does he look like? Is he a pirate also? He looks like a pirate. He's, mm. got a, um, he's got a shotgun on his shoulder. He's got a pirate ship behind him. There is a coin here, uh, the Anne Bonny coin. Again, one peso. Of uh -huh. a, uh, a woman in, in slight undress. This one as well. Yeah, Mary <laughs> Reed. Also a little bit, yeah. yeah a bit out there. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, well, got to see this but, one, I guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you never noticed oh that before? Oh my god! No, that's that. You know, that's so weird because I, as far as I can tell, these are just oh, also yeah. pirates, and this coin designer has just decided that female pirates don't wear a lot of clothing, <laughs> as we know famously about female pirates. Yeah. They like to be covered up. Maybe weird. he started getting bored when he was designing those ones. Yeah, that's, yeah that was just for him a little. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> an important. Yeah, Captain Kidd is very covered up. Yeah. What's <laughs> But there was one coin that I was particularly excited about. Oh, this one feels old. So this is very flat. It looks a bit like it's been run over by a car. I want to say it might be Henry VIII. Ooh. What do you think? I mean, it's very hard to tell. I'm trying to look around the edge. I mean, you can't even read what's around the edge. Um, but I think you're right. I think it is Henry VIII, which definitely ages this coin somewhat. It looks old as well, right? It's really mm. old. It's clean, mm. but it's very old. So it's very exciting. This Henry VIII coin was very exciting, thrilling even, because it looked to my eyes exactly the same as a rare coin David Guest had shown me when I interviewed him for a previous Witch Money podcast episode. Overall, I could tell some of the coins wouldn't be worth much, but others, especially this Tudor one, could potentially be worth a fortune. Maybe not £26 million, but still a decent amount. To find out, I invited David Guest to the Witch Studio to give his expert opinion on this collection. We see this kind of material frequently. This is the kind of material we see perhaps most frequently. Um, it, from this initial appraisal of what I can see here, this looks like mostly 20th century um, Royal Mint products or Bank of England products. Um, and many people have these. They've either been gifted them or like you um, or your partner have received them uh, through an inheritance. Um, so we're, we're frequently encountering these, uh, these kind of collections in the business. So this was quite a fun one we found. Okay. 
What's fun about these is they have on one side a sort of cartoon illustration of a series of different pirates. The bad news about these is um, I suspect that they're worth very little. Okay, so I wasn't really expecting much from those pirate coins, but other coins did fare better. It turns out Ray had a lot of commemorative crowns, which had £5 face value each, which quickly started to add up. Some of them were also made out of silver, which meant they might have even more value as precious metal. The coin I was most excited to show David, though, was of course the Henry VIII coin. The one that I thought was the same as the one he showed me last time he visited. The uh, last coin we have uh, purports to be a silver groat of Henry VIII from his third coinage, uh, so struck um, in the 1540s, and it's got this lovely Holbein-style portrait of Henry VIII. Um, And we did look at a very similar coin um, uh, when I brought some coins in to show you um, previously. Um, Unfortunately, this is a modern reproduction. Um, The genuine coin should be struck in in silver. Um, And this is not in silver. It's also too light and too thick to be a genuine coin. Okay. Uh, so if it was a genuine coin in, in nice condition, it would be worth um, you know, perhaps 500. Um, a really, really super one would be worth over a thousand pounds. But I'm afraid as a modern reproduction, it's of no commercial oh. value. I won't lie, this was a huge blow. Not only was this coin fake, and therefore definitely not worth millions of pounds or even 500 pounds, I'd also fail to spot it exposing my lack of expertise. It hurts to even play you this clip, I'm sorry. Still, all this left me one step closer to selling the coins and continuing Ray's legacy of giving. In the end, David Guest estimated that the entire collection could be worth around £200. After seeing those pirate coins, this is actually more than I was expecting, so I was pleased. I shared the news with Simon. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, that's very, very good. No, it's, it's excellent news. Yeah, they're sort of to decide on a or if, you know, whatever charity that sort of goes to. Um, yeah, they all they all all helps out. I started to look into how to actually sell raised coins. Everything was going smoothly, but there was one issue. All of this happened in February 2020, and before long, there was a pandemic. For nearly 18 months, the coins gathered dust in my locker at the witch office. It's not like I was having dreams about them or anything, but the fact that I hadn't sold them was weighing on my mind. After more than a year working from home, I returned to the office with a renewed determination to sell these coins. I headed over to the lockers with witch money editors Rena Saraz and Jenny Ross, who also hadn't checked theirs for more than a year. So it is my first day back in the office for about 18 months and I'm about to go and open my locker where the coin collection has hopefully been sitting untouched uh, safely um, in the meantime. But also there might be food in there so I'm not quite sure what to expect. But what seemed like a simple task actually proved quite difficult. So mine's not over 
hard one. Is this what the lockers used to look like? This... Yeah, they look like this. Are these my lockers? These don't even look like the same lockers. Oh, no, that's Oh, hello. Who's that? That's mine. It was actually open the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that some shoes? That's good. Lots of shoes. No, nothing edible. Oh, well done. I've got a policy report from September 2014 with credit written to. The sequel. You... <laughs> right, okay, that's just proof. That... So you didn't find yours. But I was near Kate, wasn't I? Yeah. So which I've got. I so. Yeah, I feel like you were in this. I don't get it. I don't think I ever had to bend down. Hmm. Have you, you need to go methodically. You need to try all yeah, of them. Yeah, just do all of them. There's not <laughs> that many. from this side, because I feel like, I feel like we, we, we are lockers. We're sort of... I feel, we're I remember, all quite close, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's this one. Go on, spin it. Yes, she's in. Where's my stuff? <laughs> we sound shocked here because Rena's locker, when we eventually found it, was empty. There was nothing in it, even though she was sure she didn't leave it that way. This is so bizarre that mine was open, but all my stuff is in there. Yours was locked, but there's nothing Guys, in there. Guys, I have potentially £200 worth of coins oh that's meant to be in my locker. Where is your locker in? It's down this other end. Oh, Let's go. Okay. All right. It's in this mysterious yeah. corner. Oh, yeah. Yours is so It's probably the worst locker to have. It's this one. Oh, you really have to bend for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so weird. Oh. Here we go, here we go. I've unlocked it. I'm slowly opening the door. It's all here! <laughs> oh my god! My plan, now that I have my hands on them, was to sell the coins at a coin shop. So off I went. So it is a lovely, brisk Wednesday morning. I am taking a stroll to the coin shop with my bag of coins. I started to regret walking instead of taking the tube at one point. The bag is actually getting kind of heavy, to be honest. I'm very close to the coin shop now. I'm not actually able to record in there, so I'm going to go in, try and sell these coins, and I'll update you afterwards. It was not the best news. I'm back. Oh. And I still have the coins. <laughs> oh, every single one. Got so rejected. What happened in the coin shop was this. The man behind the counter was very friendly and very kind about it. But the truth was, he just didn't want to buy raised coins. He looked through them and he immediately said, these look quite modern. And looking around me at the coins on the walls in the shop behind glass casing, I could see what he meant. The coins he had looked like they were hundreds, maybe even thousands of years old, while most of Ray's were dozens. He still entertained me. He went through each coin and he wrote down some numbers. And in the end, he valued them at £244, which was great but he did reconfirm that he wouldn't be buying them himself. He just wouldn't be able to sell them in the shop. In fact, he said, probably no coin shop, at least nearby, would want to sell these. They're just not the right fit. These are more sort of casual collector who does it for fun coins, rather than hardcore collector who does it for fun and makes £26 million. 
So I understood, but I was disappointed. So I was left with very few options. I could try selling the coins one by one on eBay, but there was no guarantee anyone would want any of them anytime soon. Or I could try cashing them in as precious metal or for their face value. But with these options, the coins would essentially be taken out of the collecting circuit. The man in the coin shop told me that this kind of collection was perfect for beginners, perhaps children taking their first steps into the coin collecting world. Melting them down as precious metal would deprive another young collector starting a new hobby. I asked Simon what he thought Ray would want. Well, again, Ray used to go into like charity shops in around where he lived. So I think personally, you know, if we were to sort of take them into it, you know, whereas the British Heart Foundation, he did give to them in the past. You know, we, we sort of hand them into one of them stores and then let them, because obviously then they can, you know, sell them for what, you know, whatever they get for them, that, that they can sort of, you know, the money goes direct, doesn't it? So I think that'd be a nice idea. So I decided to give the coins to a British Heart Foundation store. This way, they will still raise some money for charity, but they might also give a young coin collector the chance to start their own collection and go on their own coin collecting journey. It's not exactly jumping out of a plane aged 80, but it's another way Ray has made the world a better place, even from beyond the grave. We are witch. Thank you so much for that, Ian. It was really interesting to go through that process with you and such a touching and lovely ode to Ray, the coin collector and skydiver at 80, which is just incredible. There are a few things I wanted to touch on from your piece before we go into the roundup of the most valuable coins of 2021 to get your hands on. For collectors like Ray, who might not have the hardcore collections, as you put it, that coin shops are interested in, when it comes to selling, the two main options are cashing them in for their precious metal value though that does seem a shame or selling them on ebay ian how would you recommend collectors choose the right price to list their coins if they want to go down the latter route so yeah i mean selling coins on ebay uh you know i i didn't do it in the end it can be done uh, a lot of people do do it um and you know many 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 coin collectors buy coins on ebay um and in fact i actually know that if you donate coins to charity shops they will sometimes sell them on ebay themselves which yeah, that really? could be what ends up happening to some of Ray's coins. Um, I think if, like me, you're faced with a big collection, uh, the first thing you want to do is find out which ones from the collection people might want. And you can do this actually by using eBay, looking at current listings, um, seeing you know which coins are listed for a lot of money. Um, but it does get a bit confusing because sometimes people do set really optimistically high prices mm. for coins. You know, So you might see a coin from only a few years ago, and it'll be listed uh, for thousands of pounds. It's just unrealistic uh, to try and sell it for that much. And there might be an element of uh, some sellers trying to sort of game the system or manipulate the market here by making some coins look more sort of desirable than they are. The way to get around this, or one way to try and get around it, is to use the sold items button on eBay. Um, so if you search for, you know, a, uh, a 2012 Olympic 50p, say, um, and then you click on sold items um, down the side, or you filter it by sold items, uh, you'll see what products have actually sold for recently. Um, and you can even narrow it down even further to just auctioned items too, which will give you an even more um, 
clear indication of what certain coins are selling for when the price wasn't necessarily already set in stone. Uh, and you can use that as a good guide, a uh, sort of rough guide, if you are setting uh, a sort of minimum auction price or you know a, a selling price uh, on your own listing. So if you're coming up to selling, and disclaimer here, I do feel a little bit like Scrooge asking this, but sentiment aside for a second, so you've weighed out your coins, you think they might be, say, silver. What's a good way to value the current worth of their metal? Because if you are after the highest price for it, and you might make more money this way, it does seem worth a mention, as you could then weigh that price up against the recently sold prices on eBay. So coins that do have precious metal value, these won't be the sort of uh, 50p's you found in your change, you know. Uh, mm. These will be the kind of uh, royal mint products or, or even private mint products that someone would have originally bought. Um, so they might have packaging with them. They would have hopefully originally come with some packaging that would certify what they're made of. It would say, you know, how much uh, precious metal content they have and whether that's gold or silver, you know, whatever else. And it will tell you how much they weigh. So if you can't find that information on any packaging, you can weigh them yourself um, and you can just look up the value of precious metals online uh, just in Google uh, and it'll just tell you how much it, it uh, is worth per ounce usually. Um, you know, and this does fluctuate and a dealer won't necessarily give you the exact price, of course, um, that it's worth because obviously they have to make their money somehow. Um, but that would be the way to figure out how much these kinds of coins are worth. You know, that said... As I mentioned in the story earlier, a silver dealer might want to melt them down, you know, not definitely, but it might happen. Mm. Uh, and for coin collectors everywhere, uh, that would be a shame. But then again, if you sell, you know, a silver coin on eBay, you don't know what that buyer is going to do with it either. You know, I don't know if they're going <laughs> to, will they be able to melt a coin at home? I don't know, but they could. Um, that might be their plan. Um, and I think with the eBay comparison, you know, a lot of buyers will know uh, what they're doing, what they're after and uh, what is in certain coins. Uh, so if you have a coin that has a precious metal value, um, that will probably be priced in on a lot of eBay listings anyway. So it's not necessarily a sort of either or situation. And something that's made of precious metal might also have collectible value, which could mean it's worth even more. So there's a lot to keep in mind before you make this kind of decision. And obviously, we heard earlier the sad news that Ray's Henry VIII coin was actually a replica which opens up a whole can of worms for collectors or soon-to-be collectors, because without getting an expert's opinion, how can you tell if you're looking at a fake, especially if you're buying online? Yeah, I mean, the truth is, it is very difficult. I mean, mm. the coin I had, uh, it wasn't a forgery, you know, it wasn't trying to trick anyone. It was just a sort of historical reproduction uh, that you might find in a, a museum gift shop or somewhere. It's probably where Ray uh, bought it from in the first place. Um, with this one, the giveaway, other than it being quite light um, and not made out of silver, which, as David Guest said, it should have been, uh, was that it had the initials WRL inscribed on it in really tiny letters. And those are the initials of a company that makes really convincing reproductions. Um, so, you know, you can look out for that, at least if you have a coin and you're wondering uh, if it's uh, genuine or a reproduction. Uh, David Guest told me that people often bring these kinds of reproductions to him, uh, mm. thinking they're real, and he has to let them down gently and say that they're not. You know, so if it's a coin you have, and you want to know if it's real, you can check for that, or you can get it uh, authenticated by an expert. So there's a number of places you can get that service, uh, including from the Royal Mint itself, or from maybe an auction house. Uh, but if you're buying a coin uh, on eBay, it can be hard to tell 
you know, what you're going to get. And I think it's the same thing as many products, right? Like I'd say, look out for the signs of fraud that you'd normally look out for. You know, if it's extremely cheap, uh, when it should be really expensive, that's a red flag, things like that. Um, there's plenty of advice around online shopping uh, safely uh, on the witch.co.uk website that you can uh, consult for help with that sort of thing. And if you don't want to take the risk on eBay or any other site where you can't be sure a coin is authentic, are there any other places you could go to buy safely? Well, if you're looking to spend especially a lot of money on secondhand coins, um, buying through a dealer, a sort of legitimate coin dealer, uh, or an auction house rather than through eBay could be a safer option. Uh, They'll have reputations they need to uphold. Uh, They'll have experts to authenticate the coins. So you're taking away some of the risk of just buying from a sort of anonymous eBay seller with these. But that does tend to be mainly for uh, the more expensive sort of coins uh, there. Like you probably won't find the kind of coins uh, that the the coin dealer I spoke to described as uh, uh, sort of beginner collector coins um, through these these methods. Those probably will mostly be found uh, on eBay. Okay, now Ian, let's look back on the year and cue the drum roll. I'm sure listeners will already have started seeing all of the best of 2021s coming out. Films, books, albums, you name it really. So Ian, let's hear it. What are the most valuable coins of 2021 you need to be looking out for and how much could they be worth? Yes, so this is the end of year list that everyone's been waiting for. Mm. Um, I have in front of me the changechecker.org scarcity index so that's a website that tracks how much coins are selling for uh, and other things like what collectors are actually looking for how many of them there are Um, and i'm looking here at 50ps Uh, these tend to be worth the most in terms of circulating coins that you might just find um, in your change and the most accessible coins that uh, that you can get and but still the rarest Um, and it's the update from november so at number one are you ready? I'm ready. It is the 2009 Q Gardens 50p. Mm, we've heard about that before on the podcast, haven't we? That's a particularly rare one, isn't it? Yes, it is. There's 210,000 of them that were minted. So it's one of the scarcest coins that's in circulation. Um, usually you get millions of a coin, sometimes tens of millions. Uh, so it's quite a lot less. And you might have seen in the news recently that one of them sold on eBay for £250. Wow. It's just, that's the highest I've seen it sell for. Um, I, it regularly makes uh, you know headlines for selling for over £100 at least. Um, so it's definitely one to look out for. Then the rest of the top five, they are all 2012 London Olympic 50Ps. Really? Yeah. And, and in fact, the majority of this list... Uh, is rounded out with uh, Olympic 2012 50Ps. Um, And so the rest of this top five uh, in order, these are the triathlon 50P, the wrestling 50P, followed by judo, and in fifth place, football. Ian, we had you on the podcast a while back talking about your Olympic 50P. Was it any of those? No, you know, sadly, my one is ping pong, <laughs> <laughs> which which isn't quite in the top five. Um, I, I I can have a look at where uh, that one does is. it feature at all. Let me just get it back up. Aha, okay. Oh wait, number ten, table tennis. Okay, so my table tennis coin, which I had, 
uh, is in the tenth position, and and it's no moved, yeah, and it's moved up. Um, no, it hasn't moved up any places. It's consist. It's been at ten uh, consistently. So yeah, I've got a top ten coin somewhere. I you know I don't remember exactly where, but I do have a table tennis fifty p in mint condition. So aside from Kew Gardens and a load of Olympic coins, what else are coming up top? So once you get through many Olympic sports, uh, there's a 2018 Peter Rabbit coin, mm. um, which is near the top of the list, um, or at least in the first half. Uh, and a few of the Beatrix Potter coins are in there, uh, along with the Sir Isaac Newton 50p. And that one is... Uh, on the up, uh, I believe it's uh, quite desirable. Um, it's sort of a coin that is being freshly recognised as being uh, more scarce than people may have expected. So Jemima Puddle Duck, uh, also coming up, uh, a Beatrix Potter uh, character. The Paddington ones, I know those are popular. They're sort of towards the uh, second half of this list. Uh, so nothing to get too excited about yet. Um, But, you know, you never know how these things go. Thanks so much, Ian, for sharing your journey. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. Now, speaking of 2021 roundups, for next week's episode, we'll be looking back at the biggest financial news to hit your pocket this year. And it'll be out the following week after Christmas. That's Monday, the 27th of December. For more money news and advice, you can also find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded by Rob Lilly, produced and edited by Rob and Ian Aikman, with additional support from Charlotte Gifford. Music.